Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and today it's just you and me, babe. Just two amigos, amigas, sitting, drinking coffee, and chatting about ideal patient communication for ideal retention, or improved retention, I should say. Uh, I actually had to kick Kirby out, like right before this, he and I got in a fight. Not a fight, like right, like, I don't know. With happy marriages, you call things fights. And then I forget that it's kind of like, that's not, you shouldn't say that because it's not really a fight. And then like people who actually have marriage problems, they're like, oh yeah, oh, that's not a fight. Nobody threatened to leave. And this went dark real fast. But anyways, so we now share a office um, because we just did this big, great rearrange in our house where something turned into a gym and our kids room moved and I kind of lost my office. So it's no longer we share an office. It's, um... I record in his office, holy moly, which is, um, which is a practice or exercise in patience and understanding because we just have different ideas of organization and clutter. I love you, Kirby. Don't mess up my edit, but don't mess up the editing of my podcast because I'm outing you as not the most organized person. But anyways, so Saturday morning, I know I need to record a solo and yeah, there, there's this certain amount of energy that's required to do a solo, right? Because like, it's just me and you, but you contribute jack shit to this. I just, I don't mean to be rude, but you really don't. You contribute nothing to me because this is a future metaverse version of you. Um, you're not here. You don't laugh at my jokes um, and I feed off that. And so I just have to like assume that you're there. So anyways, so I've had about five cups of coffee, cleaned the house, um, done, you know, watched some TikTok, responded to some comments on Reels, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. But he's in the office doing work, work, work. And so in a really polite way, I come down and say, excuse me, husband, who I love so much, would you mind if I, I'm ready now for the office? No, I'm just kidding. That's not at all what I said. And I said, are you done yet? I need the office. I'm ready to record. And then he, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> we're not fighting. Nobody worry about us. Um, we're good. This week has been 
weird though for me energetically um because and this is for Harrow, um you need this is a good reminder for you so i'm not going to go into the details but basically up in northern wisconsin this week we had a a pretty graphic tragedy that happened um and it affected you know it made i'm pretty sure it made national news but like it affected people um, quite a bit. And so it happened on Monday. And then by like Tuesday afternoon, I could just feel like a generalized anxiety um, that was there in me. And I was like, I could just, I could see, I, I deal with anxiety, but not to the severity that a lot of people do. So I kind of wax and wane. And so through just some work, uh, I've been able to identify like when, oh, the, the, the anxiety is here. Interesting. And like really not attached to it as my own, but that doesn't mean it doesn't affect me, but I am able to be like, huh, weird. You are, your brain is like choosing to be anxious about things that aren't real or necessary. And so I, I was dealing with this for about two and a half days where I'm just like not on it. Um, and then of course, when you, you're kind of not all on it. That's when it feels like your nervous system is hyper reactive to other things. Things, you know, seem like a bigger deal. You can't just let them go. You know, you, you all can relate. And if you can't, well, holy moly, you're glorious. You are God's gift. Um, but so I finally got Reiki yesterday and she, you know, called out, she's like, okay, so you're, you're feeling all this anxiety but you're, you're a healer. And so we have to remember as healers that we are meant to be conduits for other people, right? Like we are meant to be a guide for their nervous system from one place of stress into a place of being clear, right? We are meant to be the guide, um, but not meant to hold their hand for them. Okay. So we are a conduit, not a vessel. And what had happened is there was all this collective angst, right? And whether you are woo-woo or not, when you are touching hands and dealing with the nervous system, there's just kind of a transfer of energy that can happen. And it's not meant to be a transfer, right? Like we talk about as nervous system-based kairos, how we're removing. Okay, well, we're removing it, most of us, by placing our hands on someone. So it's no longer there. And you guys have listened to me long enough, hopefully, to know, like, I'm not super woo-woo, but these are my beliefs. Like, you have energy that's there. And then we put our hands on that spot, and we talk about clearing it. Can you see how easy it is for that to transfer into you, right? Like, we're just talking we're talking basic. Well, it's not physics, metaphysics. I don't know. I don't know. I was just talking to my associate the other day, how I barely made it through chemistry and the sciences. I did great in chiropractic school, but holy moly, when it comes down to like some of those sciences, I'm like, nah, I'm not your girl. I'm not your girl. Anyway, so we just have to be careful. We have to make sure as chiropractors, whether you consider yourself a healer or not, if that is too woo woo, I don't care. The fact of the matter is, is that you're placing hands on people and you need to be conscious of what you're doing to take care of yourself, that that's not transferred into you. I mean, my belief in okay, now here we really go. 
you know, when we talk about injuries, so like, let's talk about elbow injuries, shoulder injuries, like, of course, it's from impact, right? Like, it would be stupid to say to look at a chiropractor from an objective standpoint who has a shoulder injury and go like, no, it has nothing to do with the side posture that you're doing over and over and over. But could we potentially open our minds to think like, it also could be from that transfer of like a repetitive negative energy, like that's just storing in your body. So anyways, we went there. Uh, that was that was my week. So be a conduit, not a damn vessel. There you go. There's your woo woo. So um, let so this isn't a listener highlight. Um, but this is more a, a story of Lauren's social media finding Lauren's podcast. So we don't, we have, let's just average it out. Let's say like 1500 people who listen to the podcast each week. Well, I have more than that followers on social media. So there's quite a few people who follow me on social media, but have like have never listened to the podcast. So I get this message this week from a chiropractor and they're just like, Hey, I need to pick your, <laughs> pick your brain about something. Um, and Tony Ebel and Christy Wick are probably laughing because that was like a joke when we were all a part of a coaching group that like you'd get cornered and they'd be like, Oh, I just want to pick your brain. <laughs> Anyways, like, oh, sure. Uh, so she was asking a question about like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about I want to get out of network in the next two months and wanted to get me on the phone. And I'm like, OK, have you listened to episode 69 yet? Um, be, then that's the actual episode about the process of getting out of network. And she's like, no, to be honest, I actually haven't listened to your podcast. And I'm like, well. Let's start there, shall we? I didn't say that. I said, like, start there. Let me know if you have any follow up questions. And so she came back like an hour and a half later and she's like, thank you so much. I like I have a plan that was incredibly helpful. And I wanted to be like, keep listening. Some of the rest of them are also helpful. Some are not. Some are just like whatever. Uh, but that one helpful. So if you have that being said, you guys listen because you're listening right now. But I will call out episode 69 is a very helpful episode for anybody wanting to get out of network with insurance. We should probably recover that or maybe we'll just do a reprise. I don't know. Like what do podcasters do when it's like I gave everything eh, in that episode? There's no like I only got out of network once. So retelling the story is oh, I could have somebody else on. There we go. There's an idea. See, this is where I said you deliver, you contribute nothing to this conversation. It's all on me. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So today we actually have a question. Let me let me pull it up. Um, so this question comes from Dr. Kennedy on Instagram. And um, there are multiple ways. So we don't answer a question every episode. You know this. Uh sometimes and we don't answer every question because sometimes they're like really complicated. And I'm like, well, to make an episode, a one hour episode out of that, I would only answer one teeny teeny part. Um, but if you do want to send in a question, the best way to do it is to go to our website, sheslayspodcast.com. Um, and I think there's just a button somewhere on the website that says submit a question. And <laughs> 
I'm so wonderful. I'm assuming somewhere on the podcast or on the website, it is clear because Kirby's in charge of that. And I'm sure he made it very clear. Submit a question. Um, so you can go there. You can send me a DM I, on Instagram. Don't do it on Facebook. I, it just won't work. I mean, it might work, but your chances get progressively lower and lower as we get further away from submitting online. So this one came on Instagram um, and it says, I just listened to your episode on PVA. I totally agree that although a boring topic, that episode was so helpful. I don't know. I don't remember which episode. I remember the episode, but I don't know what the number is. Um, so in addition to episode number 69, the episode on PVA and retention, mwah, one of my masterpieces. Anyways, where are we on this? Uh, here's my follow-up question. How dare you, Dr. Kennedy, imply that I did not answer all of your needs in that one episode. Uh, you mentioned that having super clear communication is important for patients, but I feel like I over-communicate in the beginning and they just zone out and nod their head like they're listening. I listened to your episode on the day two as well. Also great. But that was her saying also great, not me, but I will say. It was also great. Um, but I still feel like I don't know what's important and what's not when it comes to communicating with patients those first few visits. How do I develop a filter to determine what's important to address and what's not because it totally changes with each patient? Okay, Dr. Kennedy, you are correct. I love your question. And that is what we are going to tackle today. But first, we pray. Take a breath, relax the jaw, stop clenching, check in with your heart. What are you holding on to right now? Is it yours? Is it someone else's? Is it a collective angst or anxiousness? Even if it is yours, let's be present in this moment and realize what we have control over and what we do not. And that God calls us to focus on today and be present right now and that tomorrow will have its own worries and that we are not here to worry. I saw a TikTok where all things wonderful come. Uh, that said, the purpose of life is to appreciate the passage of time. And so often we are so focused on past and present, that the last thing we are doing is appreciating this current moment. So let us breathe. It's okay if you're multitasking while you're listening. You don't have to sit and listen, but be present. Be present in what you're doing and let the worries and anxiousness of later today or tomorrow or scenarios that may not ever even come to fruition, be, be in the future and not here with us right now. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Communication. So I think that communication is really, I mean, if we look at like what could solve all problems and we had to come up with like one word, like what would solve world or what would have world peace um, what would solve bad reviews? What would solve probably a 99% of 
issues, divorces, fights, um, it really would probably come down to communication. And that 99% I pulled out of my ass, you know that. Um, so, but really communication is, it is deserving of so much conversation. Now, here's my caveat. I have been doing this 11 and a half years in my career. Then you tech on school. Along those 11 and a half years, my words, my thoughts are not really mine. Okay. So I would like to give credit to some of the people who really had a large impact on the way I think about communication, the, the words that I use, uh, because I am really damn smart, but I'm not sitting over here in a bubble, just becoming a genius on my own. So, uh, people like Kirby, who, even though he's not a chiropractor, oh my gosh, he is just, he's good at clear, kind communication. So even when it comes to like emails and things like that, uh, he has taught me so much, um, obviously. And then like some of my favorite people within chiropractic, Denisa Weber, I think she's got a course on communication. You can't buy it now. So don't try. Um, Tony Ebel, Christy Wick, um, people like David Fletcher, you know, when it comes to like communicating scans, like, uh, gosh, I'm just forgetting a million people and I feel bad, but like, ultimately I just want to give credit where credit is due that my opinions on things have really been shaped from smart people, smart people who have given me their opinions. So part of keeping patients happy is this clear communication. And the question is, is like, what is too much? What is too little? And I find that, right, there's a ditch on both sides of the road. So there's too little communication. Um, and that is often where we are solely doing what the patient wants. Okay. Um, and that is to just be a trained monkey and crack their back and leave them alone. And Hey, if it could be free, that would be awesome. Uh, that might be too little communication, right? So even if you're not a nervous system based chiropractor, none of those people listen to this anyways. Um, and you are more of a pain rehab chiropractor, if you're only planning on adjusting someone once and you don't communicate anything, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hey, too, too little, dude, or dudette. Um, then there's too much. The other ditch, other side of the road. This is where some might argue it's not necessary for them to hear in this moment that the first chiropractic adjust, like the story of the first chiropractic adjustment. Now, I'm not going to say that that never finds its way in, but like if you've got a script that starts <laughs> and ends five pages later and none of it is focused directly on that patient in front of you and it's all about you and chiropractic and your beliefs and your thoughts might be too much. So it leaves this path in between the ditches that is a huge gray area. And I'm not a fan of scripts. Uh, although I don't bag on scripts, I do think that scripts give you um, something to fall back on, right? Like, you know, in a time of confusion, it's really nice to go like, okay, this is what I'm going to say. But I believe that the ideal is having multiple scripts that you can pick and choose parts of to put together a unique conversation that you are having with this patient in front of you, right? And it really is going to depend. So like 
their, their books and books talking about like, are you sitting across from an analytical? Are you sitting across from a driver? A, I don't know the other ones, a passive. I don't know. I didn't read the book, obviously. So it's becoming an expert detective at learning that person and what they're going through at this moment in time and figuring out what they need to hear. Now, let's go deeper here. There's a difference between what they need to hear and what they want to hear. And this is where you become really good at communication. Anybody can pretty quickly learn what do they want to hear and be good at communicating that. Okay. So this is still on the path. Okay. It's probably closer to that ditch of like too little. Well, no, that's not for me to say. So like telling a patient what they want to hear is good. Okay. Well, ultimately all of this, everything on the path is going to come down to answering these three questions. I did not come up with this. You've probably heard it before in chiropractic school. What is the problem? How long is it going to take to fix? And how much is it going to cost? These are like the three root questions that typically happen in any sales process. So if you are answering those questions through what the patient wants to hear, that may look like, Sarah, you have what's called sciatica. I expect it to take two adjustments and some exercises, and it's going to be free because you have unlimited chiropractic coverage through your insurance. Okay. Now that is, you're, you're answering the questions. So if that, that's better than doing nothing, right? But can you see how that's what the patient wants to hear? No, in uh, you nervous system chiros, you better been listening because even if that's something you're like, oh my gosh, I would never, that's what they want. That's what the patient wants. Actually, I take it back. You have this super fixable thing named this. I can fix it in one and it's free. I said two. They want one. They want an immediate fix today. So, and this is, this goes down to a parent who's bringing in their kid with ADHD. What they want to hear at their subconscious level, even if they know differently, what they want to hear is your child has a removable thing. Okay. And so this is where it gets complicated because there's a difference between like, like you have to realize that even if they know their kid has ADHD as a parent level, like they're kind of hoping that like there can be a world or a future, I should say, where their kid doesn't have that. Perhaps it was misdiagnosed. And this is where, holy moly, the communication and like what is important. You need to have empathy for this. This is why we're talking about this is like figuring out where are they coming because that this is going to be part of the filter that you put everything through. It's going to be part of the filter of the tone What's important to tell that patient? What is not necessary to tell that patient? If you've got a parent, like addressing their expectations are super important. And if you think that deep down there might be an expectation and maybe autism or ADHD was too big, like, but like if you've got a parent who's bringing their child in um, because they have Crohn's disease, right? Like, 
we can kind of see where like deep down that parent is hoping, even though they've been told this is a um, non-reversible genetic, you know, who knows what they've been told by other practitioners. They're, they're kind of coming with this hope that you can like rid this from their child's body and their child never has to suffer again. So usually they're all this to say, even if they are Sarah who has sciatica and wants it gone in one visit or John, who's got a kid with anxiety who they want to like, never have to deal with anxiety ever again. And of course they want it in one visit and free. Like those are kind of the two things that like everybody has in common. It's really easy to fix and free, right? <laughs> You have to do an assessment and become a detective as fast as possible of where are they? What do they want to hear? Now, where I am going to encourage you, because most of you are not going to say it's one visit. Most of you cannot say it's going to be free um, and cannot say it's going to be one visit. So where we need to figure out is where they are and where do we ideally want to get them? Now, uh, Denisa in her episode on communication has talked about this, um, where ultimately some chiropractors think that they need to do that in the first two visits is that I need to teach them the big picture right now. And you don't please, please hear me when I say you don't. And we all love as chiropractors to boast from stages and our social media um, when that like something clicks in a patient and they immediately sign up their entire family for active care of three times a week for the next three months and they never ever leave. Does that happen? Sure it does. Did you do it? I'm going to say no, you didn't. And that might be controversial. I'm going to say that many, a many of TikToks and practitioners and neighbors and friends and testimonials they read was planting seeds for months, if not years, to put that person in the position of your office where you needed to give a good, like you did a good job. Okay. That happened. You did a good job. You could have fucked that up really easily and you didn't. So you go girl or boy, but I'm just going to say that that patient was primed and ready for you to give a great speech. And that was it. Most patients are not. Most patients are somewhere between having zero education to a mild amount of education about what you're about to tell them. And so you need to realize where are they and what can I realistically accomplish in these first couple visits without them getting overwhelmed. So we're looking at, we need to cover these, these three questions. What's wrong? How long is it going to take? And how much is it going to cost? These are the three questions and then anything you add in is going to get them to under, get farther along this journey of understanding the big idea of chiropractic that they should never quit. You know, we get it, we get it. So you're looking at for what's wrong. They're focused on a certain thing. And this is a hurdle that is going to get in the way of you teaching this whole like, what's the root cause of why this happened, right? So like, let's just, we're going to use pain 
because those are the hardest ones. When a patient is in pain, it is very difficult for them to see the forest from the trees. I think I said that right, actually. Hallelujah. It does not mean it's impossible, but it means like if you have a patient who is in daily pain, like, I don't know if you've never been in pain, if pain has never held you back in life from being active, of being a parent, of cleaning your house, of practicing, if you've never had that kind of pain, um, then it's going to, it might be difficult for you to fully empathize with this, but ultimately pain is a thing that will, I, I don't know the, the science behind what it does in your brain, but it will keep your patients from being able to see this bigger picture. And some of you may argue, I'm not saying that you keep it all about pain, but you just need to be realistic that like their number one priority is I'm going to have less pain in this process, right? What is causing the pain? So when you're addressing what's wrong with them, my thoughts is that like, ultimately, what are they focused on? And then you expand from there. Okay. You have daily headaches. Okay. Explain there, then start pulling back the curtain from there and realizing that you can show them they're connected, but their goal is just step might be just step one. It doesn't mean you don't paint a future for them, but like I will add in a lot of things of like, of course I want to get you out of pain. If I, if I create a nervous system, like if I attain my goals, like my goals for you are a clear nervous system, your goals are out to be out of pain and then also a clear nervous system, right? And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. I really just want to be out of pain. I'm like, yeah, but also, if, and I say like, if I attain a clear nervous system where your goals aren't also met, that's not success to me. They want to know you're on their team. Now, not everybody's in a lot of pain. Some people are bringing their child with, again, let's say their child with ADHD, there, you need to look at like, all right, where are they at? All right, which is a little more difficult when you can't just go like, mm, they can't sit because their low back hurts, right? So you need to look like, okay, what's wrong? They are coming to you. They've already been diagnosed. Their kids have already been diagnosed. So they're not necessarily looking for you to say, yep, anxiety, right? And so this is where you get to move a little bit more, but you still need to go like, okay, so you've had these other diagnoses. I am not here to confirm nor deny those, but you're there to connect all the seeds that have been planted for them with this chiropractic diagnosis and how it fits in. Show them they're connected. So then the next question is, how long is this going to take? Now, this is going to vary for many of you. Um, and this is where the path is wide and diverse. So I will just speak to the hardest one to communicate, which is the length of time. And I am going to be honest that even in the length of time, our clinic, we're working on not chickening out. Um, but if I have a patient who I know this could take four or five months, 
that's really difficult for me to communicate still. Listen, I'm, I'm not perfect. I am, I am in this process. Um, and so we've been training this year on what that communication looks like. Um, because you know, the story, like, uh, just to get on a tangent, what holds us back is we go, okay, I know they need four months. I know they need five months. I know they would do amazing with five months. Now, some of you are like, how do you know that? We use the scans. Like you guys, I talk about the scans all the time. I don't know how, I don't know what other chiropractors use, like chiropractors who like give um, longer care plans that I, I don't know what they use if they're not using the scans. I love the scans. That's what I use. So anyway, so if I'm talking to a patient, I know based on symptoms and how their scan looks that like, oh boy, we can do this. This is going to be, we're in this. Um, my fear is that they will say, they will shut down when I say five months. Okay. But if I would have said two months or three months, they would have said yes. Now, this is hard, easy, easy, hard. So in the past, you know, like, well, I don't even talk about what in the past. So now what we're focusing on doing is being honest and clear. So we're focusing on this, uh, or this example, because it's one of the hardest ones, a patient who needs a long time. If you are if, for the answer or communication of how long, if the answer is two weeks, like, well, we don't say that, but like, if that's what your answer is, like, take what I'm about to say and apply it to the two weeks. So, so I have a patient who I know the amount of time is like probably five months. I don't know how many visits that is times 12 because I'm bad at math. Five times 12 is 60 visits. Yeah, it's 60 visits. Okay. That's, it's not, it's not no Trump change. And I go like, shoot there. I, I think they're going to shut down. What I do now is I'm clear about what their, what their goals are and honest about how long it'll take to get there. But I leave room for them to basically, we're saying like, we're going to have these check-ins. So I think based on what you told me you want, I think we can get there, but it will take five months based on these things. Now, may you get there sooner? Absolutely. I'm always letting a patient know because, you know, there are these questions that pop up in their head, this little like skeptical person who's like, but what if it happens faster? Like, yeah. And I immediately address that. Of course, if it happens faster, we're going to be doing these rescans. Um, and if it happens faster, great. We will handle that. We're not going to do five months or three times a week if that's not what you need, but let's say that it is what you need. Now that's to reach these goals. You said, here's what I think I can attain in three months. So this is the scenario where I said, and some of you communication experts might be like, Oh my God, you what? Listen, it's my podcast. Shut up. I'm a work in progress. This is just what we're working on. I'm trying to get the courage to tell people the truth when the truth is ugly. And I know it is so far from what they want to hear. So we go, listen, yesterday, you told me that this was going on. Here's what I think we can attain in five months. Now that may seem like a big chunk to bite off right now. So if you want to focus on this, this is what I think we can accomplish in three months. And at the end of three months, we can be like, 
five months of three times a week. That's a long time. People half the time don't even know what they're doing for dinner tomorrow night. So like people get a, can get a little squeamish when you ask them to decide that they're going to have the capability and momentum to do this. Like if you made me sign up for a diet where I don't get to eat or drink coffee for the next five months, I'd be like, oh, I'm really motivated this week. I think I could be motivated for a month or two, but I don't know what happens if I lose motivation. What happens if, you know, you start doing what happens. So I go like, you know, so this is what I think. This is the truth. But I allow them the ability to sign off on a micro goal, right? Of like, okay, but here's what I think by three months, here's what I think we'll be seeing in your child, or here's what I think we'll be seeing in you. And if you feel more comfortable taking this baby step towards three months and at the end of three months, reassessing whether you have enough momentum to warrant keep going, then we can just have that conversation then. I am being honest while work meeting them where they're at. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that there's never a patient who I think needs five months. And I only say, listen, it's going to be three times a week for five months because I've read that patient enough to know that they're in it. They have no problem. That's not a hurdle. I'm not giving that patient like the ability to jump off the train at three. But this is where if you're like, when the, when the answer to how long is this going to take makes you a little uncomfortable, here's how to handle that. I would say 97% of the review of findings or, you know, conversations that we have, I'm very comfortable with telling a patient, listen, this is going to take 24 visits. This is going to take 36 visits and explaining how long explaining this process takes time and laying things out for them in that communication. Okay. So we've answered what's wrong with you, but we took it further than just what the patient wanted to hear, but we didn't make it all about us about what we want to tell them. We met them where they're at and like started this process of what's wrong with them and this bigger idea without getting too into the weeds. Then we look at the process or the how long, all right? Knowing that they want us to say is one adjustment <laughs> and then like meeting them where they need to be, okay? Like not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear all while trying to be fully transparent in that process. So the last question is, how much is this going to cost? Now, I cannot, this is a hard one for me to fully hold your hand through because it's much easier to tell some, like if you accept insurance, I don't know what to tell you. Here's, here's my answer to people who accept insurance get out of network. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I love you. And there is a place for people in network for sure. So here's my real answer. Um, my real answer is if you can plant the seed that you are on their side to get their insurance to cover as much as possible, but that insurance doesn't make things very clear, but you are doing your best to have a very clear answer so there are no surprises. That's what that's kind of all you can tell them with insurance, right? Because we know what they want to hear is my insurance covers everything, right? 
oh, and damn, there are some insurances that tell them that. And you're like, oh, no, no, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. You need to address this. Talk about like, I don't know what is important to bring up in the beginning and what's not. Clear communication about cost is not something you can kick down the road. This is where people get pissed when money is involved. Now you can have bad communication about what's wrong with them. Okay. Like down the road, you can kind of fix that gray area about like, you know, like, Oh, I didn't really fully dive into that deep enough. Eh, fixable. Uh, Oh, I didn't do a good enough job of really explaining that, you know, after three times a week, once they graduate from active or corrective care that they're going to keep doing wellness or supportive care. Oh, shoot. Okay. Okay. Ideally you'd have planted those seeds, but like there's room to fix that. Where patients get mother loving pissed is when they think that they should not be paying for something that you are telling them to pay for. This is where emotions get heated. This is where it starts to feel icky, where they feel like you're taking advantage of them. You feel like they're accusing you of like being unethical. It, it can get gross when money is involved. Like this is the second time I'm referencing divorce in one episode. Kirby, I swear. I love you. We are great. Um, no, this is, I think they say that like money is like one of the root causes of most divorces. Like it's the number one thing of why people get divorced is because of money. So to think that like that potentially miscommunication about money is the number one thing that would have a patient get angry with you. Like we're talking angry. We're not talking about like they didn't see the value. So they fell off care. No, no, no. We're talking like I am going to tell all my friends and family never to come here type of angry. It's usually about money and miscommunication. So that's kind of all I can tell you when it comes to how you should communicate money. If insurance is involved, do your best. You have to talk about it. You need to plant those seeds. Do not tell a patient, like, don't kick the can down the road of like, yeah, we'll, we don't know how much it's going to cost. And once your claims start coming back, like, oh boy, oh boy. Um, now, if you're cash uh, and you don't process insurance, that is easier for you to be black and white about, right? There's no weird little troll in the mix that can like pop up surprises. Uh, insurance was the troll there. So you should have your prices. You should be very clear about your prices and people get very awkward when it comes to talking about money. But like I said, your awkwardness cannot get in the way of being clear. Do not chicken out. If you're bad about talking about money, what you can do is exit the conversation after question number two. Okay, so now this is a thing that a lot of clinics do is where they the doctor doesn't talk about the financials. I've communicated, I am very comfortable with money, um, and I like talking about the financials. It's, it's not a control, mm, it's kind of a control thing. Um, just laughing because like everything in my life is, I, could, I don't know that I could say anything in my life is not a control thing, but I like this part. So if I like hated it, but was willing, not willing to give it up, that'd be a different thing. So if you do not feel like you can confidently and clearly lay out 
what the patient is paying for and how your payment plans work, then you can delegate this to a CA, but they need to be clear about it. Okay. So you can basically exit the, exit the questioning after what's wrong and how long is this going to take? The third question and how much is it going to cost? This is where we go through. This is the total that you will end up paying. Like you can say kind of like a lot of chiropractors will like show like this is what it would be if we submitted to insurance. Here's the discount. They like to show like you're saving money. I think that's great. We do that in our clinic. Ultimately, whatever you say, it needs to be very clear. This is the total. And here are your payment options. You can pay this way, this way, or this way. Okay. Now with this, anytime, like you get into payment plan, like honestly, if somebody's paying up front, I wouldn't recommend just being straight up done there. You need to have someone go over what happens if they quit. Okay. Because somebody can be like, yeah, sure. 60 visits. I'm going to take the biggest discount, run my credit card, $3,000. And then two weeks in, they're like, meh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'll take a refund. And they're expecting their, they, their expectations. Again, money's involved. So they need to be very clear about what they are signing. What are they committing to? So we will use the phrase in our clinic, this discount, because people like to see the discount, but they like to glaze over why they're getting the discount. They just go like, Ooh, cheapest number. And like, yeah, that's what I'll take. We're very clear. when we try and use this phrase. You are receiving this discount because you are committing to the entirety of the recommended care plan. Okay. The doctor is recommending three months. The doctor is recommending this. The doctor is recommending this amount of time. You are receiving this discount because you are committing to that timeline. Clear. Okay. So that way, then we go like, if for whatever reason, you were to choose to break that commitment, you will lose a discount. And I also, this is what we say. I don't even know what freaking legal in your states. I should have caveated that when we started talking about money, right? Okay, this is me. This is my clinic. We're legal, not network. So that, cha- that helps a lot of legality stuff. But anyway, so like whatever you're saying, you just need to be clear because when money gets involved, people get pissed. So how much is too much on day one. So for some people, when we talk about the review of findings, some people listening, they do an exam and the review of findings is a five minute, like they're standing like immediately after the exam. That's okay. That's where you're at. And if that's what's working for your practice, then good for you. Um, Some people, the review of findings is a half an hour to 45 minute educational thing that happens on a separate day cool. Good for you. Like that's what we do. It doesn't mean that it's the only thing or that it's right, but I know it's what works for us. So figuring out what needs to happen in day one, what needs to happen in day two, come back to these three questions. The patient wants answered. What's wrong with them? How long is it going to take? And how much? Putting everything through that filter, then figuring out what is the patient want to hear? What is the patient in my mind? What's the narrative that I think this patient is expecting to hear? 
okay? Because they know it's not going to take one visit. So they want, they want to hear that. What's the patient expecting? And that is more helpful than what does the patient want to hear? Um, because most people aren't just coming in looking for you to validate what they already know. They're going like, uh, okay, I know my insurance isn't going to cover everything, but what are they expecting? Because if you don't understand what are they expecting to hear, then you could shock the shit out of them and they get upset or surprised or whatever. So what are they expecting to hear? And what is the truth? And where are they at in this process? And how do I get them from what they're expecting to what the truth is in the least amount of words while still answering what's wrong, how long is this going to take, and how much is this going to cost? Now, that means that you're not going to cover everything that you want them to know by the time of their first adjustment. Um, and I realized that we have not done a episode on table talk ever. Like somehow we're like almost 160 episodes into this thing and we haven't really talked about table talk. So I am looking, I, I have a couple messages out there to chiropractors who I am assuming do amazing at table talk. Um, and we're going to have that episode for you because this is kind of almost like a part one of like getting the patient to where we want. It's what is the bare minimum before they get exhausted. So I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that you do your best to continue improving your communication because it is an ongoing journey um, to continue taking what you learn and apply it and, um, and just showing up as with the clearest and cleanest communication possible for your patients to get the message that you want them to have. So enjoy, listen next week as we continue this process of becoming better, better humans on this earth. All right. Bye guys. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <music>